it's so good to see all of you tonight. Uh, tonight we are continuing uh, the series that we've been in the whole month of June, and, and it's a series that is called Finding Faith. And the, and the whole idea behind this series is that as we walk through this series, we are learning how to find faith in the midst of chaos. And I told you, uh, I really felt God speaking to me about this series back in the beginning of May, and I had no idea that when God told me that our students and really just our culture together, we needed to learn how to find faith in the midst of chaos, I had no idea that we would be sitting where we are today as a culture and as a society. I feel like this sermon series is so uh, perfect for what we are going through right now, where the world around us seems so chaotic, it's so important for us as believers in Christ to find our faith and let that be the rock in which we are standing on during this time. And so two weeks ago, you may recall that we started out by looking at the faith of Abraham. And we talked about how Abraham had what we called mountaintop faith. And you may recall that God had made a covenant with Abraham and promised him a son, and Abraham had a son named Isaac. And what was really crazy about uh, Abraham and Isaac is God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son, Isaac. And without questioning God, Abraham took his son up onto the mountain and was ready to sacrifice his son as the Lord commanded. And in that moment, God stopped Abraham uh, from doing that and poured out his blessings upon him. And so we learned that uh, in, in our lives, we have to be willing to choose God's will over our way. When God gives us his blessings, we have to be willing to choose his will instead of our way. And, if, and really, if we want to experience the blessings of God, we have to be following his will instead of our way. And we took it a step further last week, and we looked at a guy named Noah. And, and many of us know who Noah is from the story of the flood. And, and so we looked at the instructions that God gave him uh, when, he, when God told Noah to go and build an ark. And we talked about how in that moment, Noah had what we called ridiculous faith. And we talked about how God gives us specific instructions on how to live our lives. And even though sometimes we may think it's ridiculous to stand for Christ in the middle of everything going on around us, even though we may think it's ridiculous for us to sacrifice uh, our way, our popularity, in order to take a stand for something that is, in today's culture and society, unpopular, being taking a stand for the word of God and for Jesus, it may seem ridiculous to us, but it doesn't change the fact that God has given us specific instructions for how to live our life. And even though we may think it's ridiculous, and even though the world may think it's ridiculous to stand for Christ, that is what God has called us to do. And so as believers, as disciples, we have to be willing to have ridiculous faith. And tonight we're going to continue our discussion. Uh, and tonight my prayer is that this message will convict you. You know, as I was writing this message, it convicted me. And I fully believe that first and foremost, I need to hear this message. I need to study what we are about to study because this applies to my life so much. But I fully believe also that this message, this truth that God is about to speak fully applies to your life as well. And so tonight, as we continue our study on finding faith, we're going to be looking at two people that you probably know from very popular Christmas stories. We're going to be looking at the faith of Mary and of Joseph. 
And we talk all about Mary and Joseph around Christmas time, and it's like the rest of the year we just completely forget that they existed and that they have one of the most important roles in the Bible. They're the parents of the Savior of the world. And so tonight we're going to talk about how Mary and Joseph had controversial faith. Controversial faith. And frankly, we're going to talk a lot about the faith of Jesus too. Because I think as we look at the faith of Mary and Joseph and as we look at the faith of Jesus, we're going to see how they had controversial faith. If you have your Bibles with you, I would encourage you to flip to the book of Matthew. We're going to be in the book of Matthew tonight and the book of Luke and chapter 1 of each book respectively. So we're going to start out in Matthew 1 verses 18 through 24. If you have a notepad and a pen, I would also encourage you to take notes. So here we go, Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. Here's what the Word of God says. It says, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message Throughout the prophets. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. So here we have uh, something that was controversial back in, in that time, and it's something that, frankly, is still controversial today. On the outside, when we look at Mary and Joseph, what was controversial about this is on the outside, it looked like Mary had cheated on her fiance. You know, Mary's pregnant and, and it's not from Joseph. And so people are assuming that Mary has been unfaithful to her fiance, her soon-to-be husband. And frankly, that, that was very controversial. But what, what was almost even just as controversial was what Joseph did. You see, uh, according to culture, according to society, Joseph should have completely broken off that engagement and disgraced Mary publicly. And, and so even before the angel of the Lord comes to Joseph, he's, he's wanting to look out for Mary and just, and just let her go, break off the engagement quietly. But then the angel of the Lord comes to Joseph and says, look, here's what's going on. She has conceived this child through the Holy Spirit. And so scripture says that he did exactly as the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. Something in that day and age was so controversial. He went completely against what society would have said to do. And because of their decision, they were ridiculed. They were made fun of. They were rejected publicly because of their decision. You may recall further in the story that as they're going to uh, back home to Bethlehem to be counted in the census, they're rejected, and they have to go and sleep in a stable. 
And so Mary and Joseph refused to give in to the pressures of society. They refused to conform to society. And they did that because it was so important to them to follow God exactly as he had commanded them. And they knew that if they were going to follow God, they couldn't give in to the pressures of culture. And they couldn't give in to what culture deemed acceptable. They had to follow what God said was acceptable. You know, in a lot of ways for us today, I think we face controversial issues with our faith. I think for us, a lot of, in a lot of ways, in order for us to take a stand for Christ, we have to take a stand against culture. And that is something that is so controversial for us. Maybe you figured this out by now, but following Christ in today's world is 100% controversial. It's controversial to follow Christ in today's world. And as disciples, I'm going to tell you right now at the top of this message, what you're going to see throughout this message is this recurring theme that as disciples, we have to challenge society instead of conforming to society. We have to challenge culture instead of conforming to culture. And that's the first point that I really want you to get tonight, is that if we are going to have controversial faith, we cannot conform to society. We cannot conform to culture. You know, as disciples of Christ, we are called to live as Christ lived. And when we look at the life of Christ, we see that Christ, in all aspects, challenged culture. You know, he loved and respected others by all means. Jesus was the most loving man, the most respectable man to ever walk this earth. He loved everyone to the point that he died on the cross for everyone. But as we look at the life of Jesus, we see that as he's loving people, he's also challenging people. And when people were not living according to the word of God, he called them out on it. Even the most religious people, the Pharisees, who were the the religious leaders of the church, of the Jewish faith, he called them out and said, you're not living according to the word of God. And he took a lot of heat for that. It was controversial for Jesus to stand against culture. It was controversial for Jesus to say that he wasn't going to conform to culture. And as disciples, we should be challenging instead of conforming. So I have a question for you. Why aren't we? As disciples of Christ, why are we not challenging culture instead of conforming to it? And I think the answer is kind of simple. Scripture, when we look at Scripture, it challenges us to have controversial faith. And controversial faith makes us uncomfortable. It makes us uncomfortable. And if there's one thing that we as human beings hate, we hate being uncomfortable. No one wants to go be uncomfortable or willingly be uncomfortable. I guarantee you, if I asked all of you, would you choose to be comfortable or uncomfortable, you're going to 100% of the time choose to be comfortable because that's what you know. That is what you like. You like comfort. You like security. Nobody likes being uncomfortable. But why is Scripture, why is living for God so controversial? And here's why. Because we keep looking at Scripture through the lens of culture. 
it's controversial to follow Christ, to live as God has instructed, because we keep looking at Scripture through the lens of culture instead of looking at culture through the lens of Scripture. As Christians, Scripture and faith should be the least controversial things in our lives. As Christians, as disciples of Christ, our faith taking a stand for God should not be controversial. Culture should be controversial. If we are looking at the world as Christ looked at the world, living for culture should be controversial. As disciples choosing to live according to the word of God should not be controversial. But as as a body of Christ, largely, I think a lot of times we have this backwards where we're looking at Scripture through the lens of culture and we're judging Scripture, saying this doesn't match what culture is saying. And instead of siding with Scripture and saying culture is controversial, we're siding with culture and saying Scripture is controversial. And as disciples of Christ, that's wrong. As disciples of Christ, we should be challenging culture instead of conforming to it. So how do we get to this point of having controversial faith? If having controversial faith is choosing to challenge culture instead of conforming to it, how do we get to this point where we can have the strength to challenge instead of conform? And I think if we're going to have controversial faith, there's one thing that we have to do. 100% of the time, we have to, the second point is this, we have to submit ourselves fully to God. We have to submit ourselves fully to God. I want us to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. And we're just going to read Luke 1, verse 38. And to give you some context of of what's going on here, it's essentially what we just read in Matthew chapter 1. Just kind of more, instead of Joseph's perspective on things like in the Gospel of Matthew, in the Gospel of Luke, it's more from the perspective of what happened to Mary. And so as Mary is here confused, the angel of the Lord comes to her and says, Mary, you're going to bear a son You have been overcome by the power of the Holy Spirit, and you've conceived a child through the Holy Spirit. And he's going to come to save the world. And so I want you to listen to what Mary says here in verse 38 of Luke chapter 1. Here's what she says. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. May what the Lord has said come true. May everything that the Lord has said come true. And so here we see that Mary submitted herself to the will of God. Mary decided to choose God's will instead of her way. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago, that if we're going to be disciples of Christ, we have to choose God's will over our way. You know, I can't help but imagine that Mary would not have chosen to be made fun of publicly. Mary would not have chosen that. But she understood that what God had in store, that God's plan, God's will was greater than her way. And so Mary submitted herself fully to God. She didn't just say, God, I want your plans. I want your promises. Let's do them my way. Let's do them this way. No, she submitted herself fully to God and said, okay, God, I want to walk in your promises. I want to experience your blessings. I want to be fully committed to you. 
And so, Lord, the, the plans that you have, I submit myself fully to them. Mary submitted herself fully to God. And as we read in the Gospel of Matthew, Joseph did this too. It said that Joseph did exactly as the Lord commanded to him, commanded him to do. See, Mary and Joseph understood that when it came to public opinion, God mattered more. That following God mattered more than what the public opinion of them was. They understood that following God was going to mean that public opinion might not be in their favor, that they might be made fun of, that they might be the laughing stock of the town. They understood that. But they decided that having controversial faith was important. They weren't concerned with public opinion. They were only concerned with following God. And as Christians, I really think that we struggle with this. As human beings, I think we struggle with this. I think we struggle with fully submitting ourselves to God and living how he has commanded us to. And I think we have a problem with this because we are afraid. We are afraid of people's opinions. I think it's as simple as that, that we struggle to submit fully to the to the word of God, to God's plans. We're afraid to take a stand for God because we're afraid of what the person next to us is going to think. We don't want to go share the gospel with a stranger because that stranger is afraid of, or we're afraid of what that stranger might think of us or what people might perceive of us. We're afraid to share the gospel at Destin Middle School or Fort Walton Beach High School or Niceville High School because we're afraid that we might be labeled as that Jesus kid. We're afraid that our popularity is going to take a hit, that we're not going to be the most popular kid in school because now we're the Jesus kid who's going around sharing the gospel of Christ as God has commanded us to. We're afraid of people's opinions. I think we are also afraid to take this stand for God because we're afraid that we're going to step on people's toes. We're afraid that if we go against culture, People will call us names, people will judge us, and they won't like us. And we're afraid that if they don't like us, we won't be able to share the gospel. And I think sometimes the problem, we even try to cover it up. We try to make excuses for not sharing the gospel, for not stepping on people's toes, for not challenging culture. We make an excuse for not challenging culture by saying that we're loving others that really we're loving others, that we don't want to make people uncomfortable. We don't want to call them out on how they're not living for the Lord because we're loving them and, and, and calling them out isn't loving them and that we're told to love as Jesus loved and that's what we're doing. But here's the thing, is Jesus loved and Jesus respected others, but he also refused to conform to culture. Jesus loved, Jesus respected others, but he, of all people, challenged culture. He challenged people to live for Christ. When he saw people not living for the Lord, when he saw people not following God, he called them out on it. He wasn't afraid of public opinion. Jesus was rejected. Jesus was rejected to the point that people crucified him on a cross. Jesus was not afraid of public opinion. People hated Jesus. Jesus loved, 
And they hated him. They rejected him. They killed him because he challenged culture. And we seem to forget that sometimes, that while Jesus loved, he also challenged everything. I just want to tell you the truth. Because I don't want to lie to you. That if we're going to submit ourselves fully to God, people are going to reject us. People are going to reject us. People are going to reject you. And people may call you names. People may make fun of you. But let me ask you a question. Is public opinion greater than living your life for Christ? Because Jesus has called us to live for him, not to live for the world. And so what really happens when we have controversial faith? If we're not being accepted by culture because we're challenging culture and we're submitting ourselves fully to God, what happens then when we have controversial faith? Here's the third point. The final point tonight is that when we have controversial faith, transformation occurs. Controversial faith transforms. I just want you to look at Mary and Joseph, and I want you to look at Jesus. That as Mary and Joseph had controversial faith, they were rejected by people. They were rejected by society. They challenged what was acceptable by culture. They challenged it. They were rejected. They fully submitted themselves to God, and transformation occurred. The Savior of the world, because of their controversial faith, the Savior of the world was born. And because Jesus was willing to have controversial faith, because he fully submitted himself as, as the Son of God, the Son of God fully submitted himself to God and followed the Lord's plan. And as we look in the Gospels and the story of Jesus, Jesus really was asking God, Lord, if there's any other way for me to remove the sins of the people without having to go die on the cross, could that please happen? But God said, no, you have to be the sacrifice for all of mankind. And so Jesus submitted himself to God fully and said, let your will be done. Let your will be done, Father. And because Jesus was willing to challenge culture, because he was willing to submit fully to God, and because he was willing to be rejected by culture, the greatest transformation that could ever occur did occur. He died on the cross for you, for me, for our sins, so that our lives could be transformed, so that we could accept salvation and live eternally in heaven with God. He transformed the entire world. He made transformation possible because he had, because he had controversial faith. You see, in both cases, rejection led to transformation. In both cases, rejection by the world led to transformation of the world. Rejection by the world led to transformation of the world. Now, we cannot uh, transform the world. We cannot make disciples if we conform to the world. We just simply cannot do that. We cannot fulfill the mission that God has given us. God has called us in Matthew 28 to go and make disciples. And we cannot live out that calling on our lives if we conform to culture. Romans 3, if we look at Romans 3, it tells us that the word of God was given to us to show us our sin. 
and, and more importantly, the word of God was given to us to show us our need for a savior. And so if we get rid of the word of God, we no longer have anything. We no longer have anything to show us our need for a savior. And we cannot show people their need for a savior if we're conforming to the world. We can only show people that their need for a savior if we're challenging culture, if we're living differently, if we're living for Christ, if we're taking a stand for the word of God. We can only make disciples, we can only transform the world if we're willing to submit to God and challenge culture instead of conforming to it. You know, I think we can all look at Scripture and point to areas in Scripture that we think is controversial. We can all look at at Scripture, and one way or another, we might say that one part or another is controversial. But it's only controversial because it doesn't line up with what we think culture has deemed to be acceptable. We are judging Scripture based on what culture has told us, what the world has told us is acceptable. Scripture, when it's, when it's controversial to us, is controversial because it's challenging us. It's challenging us to change our way of thinking. And so instead of trying to make Scripture adapt to culture as disciples we need to make a culture adapt to scripture and it all depends on how we're looking at scripture if we're looking at scripture through the lens of culture or if we're looking at culture through the lens of scripture and those controversial parts in scripture that we don't like that is where you and I we need to be transformed That is the Holy Spirit convicting us on our belief, saying, you need to be transformed there. Because the word of God is true, and we're going to get to this in July. We're going to have a whole series in July talking about controversial things in Scripture. And one of the things we're going to hit on is why the word of God is true and completely true. And so the word of God is the instructions that God has given us on how to live and how not to live. And so if something is challenging us, that's the Holy Spirit convicting us to change our way of thinking, to change our way of living. And so we don't need to be changing Scripture to make us more comfortable, to make the world more comfortable. No, we need to be challenging culture with Scripture. So if we conform, simply we cannot transform. And in order to transform, there has to be a need. There has to be a need for transformation, and we can only show that if we're challenging culture and taking a stand for the Word of God and showing people their need for Jesus. You know, while we talk about controversial faith, again, I said it earlier, it's really only controversial if we look at it through the lens of culture. But if we look at our faith through the lens of Scripture, It's not controversial at all. God isn't really calling us to have controversial faith. He's just calling us to have faith in general. Your faith should not be deemed controversial. It should just be faith. God has called us to have faith. And culture is what deems it controversial. God just wants you and I to be faithful, to submit to God, to follow God fully as he has instructed us to.
So again, in order to have controversial faith, we cannot conform to culture. And as we challenge culture, as we fully submit to God, that is when transformation of the world will occur. You may look at the world today and say, yeah, transformation really needs to occur. Uh, A different word that we love to use right now is reformed. We want to reform things. I think the, the two words go hand in hand. If you want things in this world to change, it's time for us as Christians, as believers in God, to take the lead and to start fully submitting ourselves to God and challenging culture. If we'll take a stand for the word of God and submit ourselves to God, then God will use that. He will use our faith as believers to transform the world, and he will use that transformation to make new disciples for Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I I thank you for this night. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the faith of Mary and Joseph and of your son Jesus. Lord, in the way that it challenges us to live differently, the way that their faith challenges us to be set apart from the world, not to conform to the world, but to challenge the world. Lord, give us the strength to challenge instead of conform. Give us the strength to fully submit to your will. Lord, give us the strength to choose your will versus our way. Give us the strength to say no to the world, to say no to popularity, to be willing to be uncomfortable, to be willing to be rejected by the world. Lord, we see, you tell us that if we're going to be disciples, that we're going to have to take up our cross daily to follow you. And so, Lord, help us to follow you even when we're rejected, even when we're made fun of. Lord, give us the strength to submit to you. Lord, I pray that as we have faith in you, as we have this controversial faith in you, Lord, I pray that you would bring about transformation in this world like only you can bring. And Lord, we pray for that right now. We believe that you desire to transform this world. And Lord, I know that you are just looking for believers to say, Lord, I will follow you. I want to be used to bring transformation into this world. And so, Lord, we sit here right now and we say, Lord, use us. Use our faith. Help us be disciples of faith so that you can use us to transform the world. So, Lord, I pray that as we go into discussion and and really just dig more into your word, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us again exactly how we need to hear your voice. Challenge us, Lord, where we need to be challenged. And don't let us be afraid of being uncomfortable. So, Lord, I thank you for just being a God of love. I thank you for the love that you have for every single one of these students. And Lord, if any student doesn't know your love tonight, Lord, I pray that you would just work a miracle in their life and make it so clear to them how much you do love them. And so, Lord, I pray your blessing over this time of small groups and discussion. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, everyone. This is Nathan Sell, the youth pastor at Destin United Methodist Church. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. My prayer is that the Lord would use this podcast as an opportunity to speak life into you. I hope all of you know the love that the Lord has for you and that you are experiencing His blessings each and every day.
God bless you. 